Amen. Well, go ahead. If you're from, a, from the Holly Pond campus, give yourselves a round of applause to one year anniversary of us turning one. The best is truly yet to come. We're so excited and we love y'all very much. Uh, I'm very excited uh, and fired up this morning to be bringing you a uh, uh, a special word we're going to be resuming, where we picked up uh, from last week. Uh, we, we started a brand new series. Last week was Easter, <laughs> Easter Sunday, and we kicked off a brand new series titled Raised to Life. So we're going to stay true to form. We're going to pick up where we left off talking about what it means to be raised to life and really why it was so important for Jesus to be raised to life. And so last week, that's exactly what we did. We celebrated Easter. And do you know if, if Jesus didn't conquer death, hell, and the grave, then everything else that we, we believe in, that we confess, that we say is possible through Jesus really doesn't make any sense. There's no power in the life of Jesus if he doesn't conquer death, hell, and the grave and be raised to life. And so we celebrated that last week, and really we celebrated the fact that Jesus came to set us free. He sets us free by raising us to new life, and he sets us free from sin, Satan, self, hell, in the grave. Those are the things that Jesus has come and came to set us free from. And it's really the importance and the miracle of Jesus being raised to life that we have to see, recognize, and, and we have to see and know that he came so that we could get to go. He came and laid his life down so that we also could get to go to heaven with him. Amen. So let's, we got some recap points for you. Uh, we're going to try and go ahead and get through them real quick this morning because we got a lot of new stuff we want to give you this morning. So uh, let's look at Luke 24, uh, verse 1 through 8. This is kind of the tail end of our Easter story that we, we hit last week. And verse 1 there says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, I love this, why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. If you're watching, go ahead and just say that with me. He is risen. Amen, in Jesus' name. He says, so remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they rem then they remembered his, his words. I love that. The angel says, why do you seek the living among the dead? And this is what the Holy Spirit impressed upon me to share last week. I'm going to share with us again this morning that no matter what, no matter how tough it looks, how hard it gets, no matter what's going on in your life, we as believers have to remember that our God, our Messiah, our Savior is alive. He's alive. He is risen. And we can't forget that, no matter what we're going through. And so Jesus had to, to, to be raised to new life so he could raise us by faith to new life. And so 
what, what, what are some areas in your life that you are struggling with? Some, some areas that you're struggling in, some of those dead areas in your life. Jesus is alive so that he can bring life to those areas in your life. And he wants to do that for us. We have to remember that he is powerful enough, that he can do it, that he wants to do it. He loves you where you're at, but he doesn't want to keep you there. And he wants to raise us to new life. Remember that our God is alive. Let's look at that first point, that first recap point. And I love this. Holy Spirit gave this to Pastor Keith. And so... So Jesus was not just buried, he was planted. He was not just buried, he was planted. His life was a spiritual seed that would not only conquer death and the grave, but he would be raised to new life to be the firstborn of many sons and daughters. Did you know that Jesus was the firstborn of many sons and daughters who would be raised to new life? But So there's a difference between burying something and planting something, right? Do you know what the difference is? It's really your expectation of what happens when you bury something as opposed to when, when you plant something. When you plant something, there's, there's a, an expectation of life to come forth, right? You're planting a, a tomato seed or uh, whatever kind of seed. There's an expectation that says, well, because I'm planting this new life, is, I'm going to get to bear fruit for what I'm, what I'm planting. We bury dead things that have, have lived their story, have lived their life, that's it, that's final, there's no more. There's nothing more promised after we bury something. And so Jesus wasn't buried. He was the first seed. He was, he was planted to be reproduced in the lives and hearts of, of many, many, many to come. In Jesus' name. There was an expectation, and Jesus had an expectation. You better know. You better believe. Amen. So he was a spiritual seed and he conquered death and the grave through his sacrifice. And not just death and the grave, he conquered evil. He conquered sin and the enemy on that day. Let's look at that next point. So because Jesus conquered that through his sacrifice and through the resurrection of his life, as he lays his life down for his sheep, as he says... Easter, we said, is the celebration of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He died to pay the penalty. Somebody say penalty. For our sin, and he conquered the powers and principalities and spiritual darkness when he was raised to life. And so this is really what we celebrate Easter for. This is Easter. In a nutshell, this is the Reader's Digest version of what Easter is and means to us as believers. But you got to know, so there was a penalty that had to be paid. And it was only by the sacrifice of Jesus that that penalty was going to be paid in full. That we were going to be made right, righteous in the sight of God because of what Jesus did to ransom us and bring us back into right standing with God. And so Jesus did that and he conquered evil. Let's look at that next point. Our last recap point for this morning. So we said that Jesus was raised to life. I'm sorry, we are raised to life by faith and his finished work and the finished work of Jesus and what Jesus did on that Easter morning. I want you to go ahead if you're taking notes. Uh, Put nothing else beside that because we are raised to life in a new place in faith only by his finished work and nothing 
else. There's no good that's good enough. I can't, Ian can't get himself into heaven by being a good person, by just doing what I know best. I can only get into heaven by accepting who Jesus is, that he is the spotless lamb, that he was the perfect son, the gift of God, freely given for all those who will believe. And so we're raised to life by faith in his finished work and nothing else. Romans 10, 9 through 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. I shared this last week. It's the ABC gospel, I call it. This is really the ABC gospel that we get from, from Romans 10 on how, how I accept Jesus, how, how I get born again, how I get saved, how he raises me from death to life. As I have to do this, the ABC gospel, I got to accept, I got to believe, and I got to confess. I got to accept Jesus. I got to accept that God's God and I'm just who I am. And then I have, to, I have to believe that God did send his son, and then I have to confess. I have to openly, with my mouth, with my tongue, with my words, confess my exception and my beliefs. And when I do that, it says in, this, in the scripture, Romans 10, that all who call on him will be saved. Amen? Let's look at our first new point this morning that we're going to give you. Really, and I'm excited to share this with you this morning because... Not only are we raised to life by our faith, it has to start with our faith, with our accepting, our believing, and our confessing, but really, we're going to show you this morning that we're raised to life by the power of the Holy Spirit, and, and this is really going to be a Holy Spirit message this morning, and so you got to know how important the Holy Spirit is, so that first point, we're raised to, to life through the person of the Holy Spirit, and did you know what the Holy Spirit is a person? He is just as equal as God the Father, God the Son who is Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit is really what allows us to be raised to new lives, to go to new heights, to, to, to be led uh, by the Spirit into our gifts and talents and callings and giftings that you didn't even know you had. Maybe you could, maybe you could pinpoint some of them, but the Holy Spirit is so awesome in what he wants to do in our lives. He wants to take us to new places. And it's really the Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth. Do you know that he is the truth? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it was the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that led and guided Jesus into everything that he did. He is our helper, our comforter, and our guide. That's how we are literally raised to new lives when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to comfort us. Wherever we are at. And Jesus, if you remember, he even said it's, he, told, he had a moment with his disciples, says, it's imperative that I must go. I must go, but it's imperative that I go because I'm going to send somebody else who is the Holy Spirit to help you. He's going to be a helper to lead and to guide you. And so that's the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I want you to, to, to see this and recognize this. I know a lot of you who've been through our encounter have heard this, this teaching, but I just want to reiterate it. The Holy Spirit is the only part of God, the only part of the Trinity that is actually here on earth with us. Did you know that? God the Father is where? He's in heaven. Jesus is where? In heaven, right? Seated at the right hand of God, ever interceding for us. And so the Holy Spirit, literally, 
He's the only part of God that is here with us. He lives inside of us if you've accepted him. And we can tap into that. He wants us to tap into that so that we can be raised to new life. Amen. We're raised to, to life by the person of the Holy Spirit. Let's read Romans 8, 10 through 16. And so here it is. I love this. Paul is laying this out for us. He says, and Christ lives within you. So even uh, though your body will die because of sin, do you know you're going to die? We are, we are, none of us are escaping the death, uh, this physical death that we'll all have to experience because of sin. But it's the spirit that gives you life. Because you have been made right with God. It's the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you life to your mortal bodies. And if you're, if you're following along in your, 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 your Bible, on your app, whatever, underline this next statement. It's by the same spirit. Somebody say same spirit. Living within you. It is by the same spirit that you will be raised to new life that is within you. The same spirit that raised Jesus, Paul says, will be the same spirit that raises you to new life, that'll take you to new places. So it's by that same spirit that Jesus Christ himself had inside of him that is available to us. As I was praying and studying this week, the Holy Spirit uh, showed me to something else. I want to stop there uh, at verse 11 there for a second. Uh, and I remembered something that Jesus said. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and uh, uh, turn to John 14, 12. Sorry, media team, I didn't give this to you. Some of y'all already know what Jesus may have said here. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works. Will do the same works I have done and even greater works. As a young pastor who is still learning and trying to grow and do all these things, and I believe the entire word of God, and whenever I read that, uh, I don't know how to wrap my mind around that statement, because Jesus is Jesus, and he tells us that we can do even greater things, and that's amazing, and that's awesome. You pray about that, you study that out, and figure out how we're going to do greater things. I want to do greater things in Jesus' name, but that's not where I want to hang out this morning. It's because Paul says that we're raised to life by the same Spirit that lived and dwelled inside of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says that I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works. So it's by the same spirit that we as believers do the same works of Christ. That is how we are raised to life. It's by the same spirit that lived in Jesus that I will do the same works as Jesus. And Jesus says even greater works. How do I do greater works than Jesus? I got to be led by his same spirit to do the same things that he did on earth. Amen. Let's pick up there at verse 12. Paul goes on. He says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Let me stop there for a second. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, by that same spirit that lived and dwelt inside of Jesus, you are not going to be tempted and swayed to be dragged away and enticed by your old sinful nature, as Paul says. So verse 13, he says, for if you live by its dictates, you will die and surely we will die. But if through the power of the spirit 
You put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Do you all know that we got to put to death ourselves so that the life of God can come alive and be raised to new life? But I got to die to self first. Paul said, I take up my cross daily, and we all have a cross that we have to bear. Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Underline that verse in your Bible. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received the spirit that makes of fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, which he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. How do I know I'm being led by the spirit? How do I even know that I'm actually a child of God? How do I know that I've been born again, grafted into this family of Christianhood, I know right there because verse 14 says, for all that are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So if I do not allow the Spirit, Holy Spirit, that same Spirit to lead and guide me in my life, technically I am not a child of God. And so I have to do what God asks of me. It means I no longer live for myself. I no longer live for, for sinful pleasures. I no longer live for, for pleasing other people. I live for one person, an audience of one, and that's God, the Father, Abba, Father. And it's by the same Spirit, His Spirit, that I do the same works. Amen. The Holy Spirit raises us to new life. Let's look at that next point. Another way the Holy Spirit uh, raises us to new life. So it's through the person of the Holy Spirit that we have a new nature. Somebody say new nature. And so when the Holy Spirit moves into your life, and you'll know when he moves into your life because you're going to begin to see things differently. You're going to be able to hear things differently. We're going to talk about those things this morning too. You're going to be able to sense things differently, feel things differently. He is going to give you a new nature in your life. Before all I knew was, was uh, self-sustainment, doing what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it, doing the things that, 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 that pleased me, thinking about me, myself, and I. Right? And, and, and the Holy Spirit moves in, and my new nature now is it's God-centered. I want to be pleasing to Him. And it's not just, it's centered on the Father, but it, but it also, it takes my, my perspective and my, my life and everything that I think and uh, plan, and it, it starts making it, I start uh, being others-focused. I'm focused on other people, and I see and recognize other people as valuable to God. It's, it's a new nature. And so as the Holy Spirit leads and guides me in my new nature, I'm not just striving to be better. I want you to hear me. The Holy Spirit makes us better, but I, I'm not just doing, living for God to make uh, me better. He wants to do something even more. He wants to make me more and more like Christ. See, better Ian's okay, but a Christ-like Ian can change the world. And if you ever uh, break down the word Christian, any Christians in the house? or in your cars, wherever you're watching. If you break that down, Christian literally means Christ. Uh, and the second part of that is Ian, actually my name, which is kind of cool. I was studying that. The second half of that's my name, <laughs> Christ Ian. Anyway, so Christ and Ian literally means like, to be like. And so that is, that is what we are trying to do, right? To be more and more like Christ. How do I become more and more like Christ? I got to be led by his spirit, the same spirit. That's the only way 
that I get better, not just better, that I look more and more like Christ. Let's read Ephesians 4, 21 through 24. It says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception and pride and envy and jealousy and all these things. Verse 23, instead, let the spirit renew, somebody say renew, your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, there it is, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And it's by his spirit, the Holy Spirit, That God calls us to be just like him. To look like him, I need his spirit. Did you know that God calls us righteous and holy as equal with him? But I can only be made righteous and holy by the same spirit. The Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is the only way that God sees me and righteousness is holy. Do you know when you get born again and saved, God sees you through the lens, through the veil of the life of Jesus Christ. He no longer sees my sin. He sees, he sees my life through the veil, through, the, through the, the filter of Jesus Christ. And that's what makes me righteous and holy because his son is pleasing. And it's got to be by that same spirit. And that, that's why Jesus had to come. That's why he had to he had not die, lay his life down, and be raised up so that we could, we could experience this, this new lens from the Father for us to be, to, be, to be made righteous and holy once again. And so to look like him and live like him, I need a, a new perspective. And that can only come uh, through the Holy Spirit. Let's go to that next point. And so the Holy Spirit begins to give us uh, a new nature, a new perspective, really a heavenly perspective. I see and recognize that my life is, this life is temporary. This life is, is temporary. And this life compared to eternity is, my, my, here's my life, my 70, 80 years, 90 years. And then eternity is, 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 is on and on and on and on. And so I need a heavenly perspective. And so it's through the person of the Holy Spirit that we have new eyes to see. Come on, somebody. If you've been born again, you can think back and remember uh, your old life and your old way and how deceived uh, you were and how lost you were. We were praying about that this morning, being a prodigal son or, or daughter and, and having that moment of clarity when, when the Holy Spirit come upon you, you realize, why am I here doing what I'm doing I'm throwing my life away. I'm killing myself. I'm killing my family. I'm hurting others that love and care about me. I'm eating pig slop. Even I can go home and eat as good as my father's servants. And so the Holy Spirit gives us new eyes to see. I was blind, but now I see, right? You remember the the blind man? He was literally blind and Jesus healed him. And the Pharisees were grilling them and grinding them and trying to talk them out of what Jesus had done. And he says, I don't know what you say about this Jesus, dude. All I know is I was blind and now I see. I don't know what you say or think or believe about the Holy Spirit, but I know it was the Holy Spirit that made, took Ian from being blind to where he can now see. I can now see the, the kingdom of God. I can now see hurting and broken people. I can now see how valuable my life is. I can now see that, that God can use me for his good. And that God has things that he wants to do in and through my life to help bless other people and bless the world. Let's read John 3, 3 through 6. I love this scripture. 
We actually, I feel like we use this a lot here at Liberty, but it's, 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 it's that good. And it's Jesus and Nicodemus. Jesus is trying to teach Nicodemus, and Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see, there it is, the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus goes on, he said, what do you mean? Exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the spirit. The Holy Spirit, there it is, underline it. Humans can only reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And so we must be led by the Spirit, the same Spirit, and not just by our physical sight. When we're not led by the Spirit and we're just led by our, 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 our carnal nature, I just, I don't live by faith, I live by sight. I, I see something that God may be calling me to do, but all, all I see is, is, is how hard it's going to be. All I see is the, the bumps in the road. All I see is what I don't have. All I see is the stuff that I need to accomplish the vision of God. And, and when I don't allow the Holy Spirit, that same Spirit, to, to allow me to do the same works and even greater works than Jesus says or asks, I'm like Nicodemus. We see, we read that, that passage and we think, Nicodemus, you're so, you just, man, you didn't get it, man. <laughs> see, but we have the full revelation perspective of God's word. And we do the same thing. As Nicodemus did, when God calls us to do something big, start, start a new, new business or a new job or, or take this leap of faith and uh, go bless somebody uh, with some food or, or, go, or go feed the, the homeless or, or, or do something. And, and, and we're not seeing it with the new eyes that the Holy Spirit is trying to give us. We see it like Nicodemus and we say, how am I supposed to do that, God? Jesus says, you can't, be born of the kingdom of God unless you first see the kingdom of God. And we can only see the kingdom of God through the Holy Spirit as he gives us to change the way that we see. We need to live by faith and not by sight. And let's look at the next point. So it's another thing that the Holy Spirit does for us. It's through the, Holy, the person of the Holy Spirit that we have new ears to hear. And I got good news for you. The Holy Spirit is that still small voice that tells you to do things, to not to do things, to say this and don't say that, and you've all said that and got burned. <laughs> so let's allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and muzzle us uh, when he asks us to, but that still small voice in your life can be louder if you want it to. That still small voice in your life can be louder in your life if you want it to. You know how it becomes louder? You know how the voice of God becomes louder in your life? And I believe that's what most believers want in their life. Most, most Christians, if I could just hear the voice of God louder, I'm going to give it to you. I'm, this is how you do it. You quit ignoring him and you start doing what he asks. When you do what he asks and you continue to pass the test and you keep doing what he asks and you keep passing and passing and doing it, not only are you getting blessed, but you're showing your obedience. And now God doesn't have to shout at you because you've drawn close and his voice isn't, isn't still and soft and quiet because you're doing what he asks and his voice becomes louder and louder 
and more clear and more profound in your life. Pastor Kelly, our uh, mother-in-law, Pastor Keith, amazing uh, wife, she uses this all the time, and I, I've been using it a lot in my life. She always says, Holy Spirit, speak truth to me. When she gets into a place or she gets confused or fearful or scared, she just she stops and she has enough of faith to remember, no, God, my God's alive, and Holy Spirit, speak truth to me right now. What if we all did that? Holy Spirit, speak truth to me. He, I guarantee you, he'll speak to you enough for you to hear what, what you need to do. Let's read John 10, to 20, or 10, verse 27. Here's Jesus. He says that this is plain and simple. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Holy Spirit was kind of showing me. If we want his voice to be louder in our lives, uh, it really is, is hinged on the fact of not just what I'm, what I'm, if I'm obeying and doing what Jesus asks, that proves that he knows me and I know him, but also how close to him am I? How close to the shepherd are you? Because the closer I am to the shepherd, the more clearer I can hear his voice. So Jesus has this amazing, massive flock of people on the earth and as believers, we're all supposed to be huddled together, surrounded by the shepherd, surrounding the shepherd. So if you can't hear the voice of God, if you feel lost, confused, fearful, you don't know what your next step is, check your steps. Maybe you have wandered off on your own. Maybe you're no longer with the flock. You're no longer near Jesus himself. And you know what the most dangerous place for a believer to be is? A lost sheep by himself. A lost sheep by himself, not knowing where to go, what to do, being led and guided by uh, media, uh, movies, music, Facebook, uh, CNN, MSN, fake news, cycles, lost, 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 don't know truth from up, from down, from backwards. That's so bad that they pervert truth and make it, make it, uh, or pervert truth Turn it into lies and make the lies into truth. And so if you can't feel like you hear the voice of God, I want to encourage you, draw close to him. God's word says when we draw near or nigh to him, he draws close to us. You just got to choose him. Amen. Let's read that next point. So he, the Holy Spirit, he changes our nature. He changes our vision, what we see. He changes what we can hear. And now the good part, he gives you power. Did you know that the person of the Holy Spirit has the power of God that he gives us? That same spirit, that's the only way that we can do greater works than Jesus is by the same spirit. And because of that same spirit, we have power. Did you know that you have the power of God available to you? So many of us try to even live for God and serve God in our own natural abilities, in our own little box lives. And we don't tap into, invite the Holy Spirit to really live inside of us and move us. You know, uh, me up here teaching and, and preaching just my own way, my own self is not good enough. I need to, the Holy Spirit to speak through me every Sunday, and he does every Sunday because sometimes I think back, I don't know how or where that came from. It only came from the power of God, the Holy Spirit, to allow me to do things that I, I Ian can't do on his own. 
just thinking of my life. I wanted all the things in my life that I currently have now. An amazing, beautiful wife who honors me and, and cherishes me. and uh, a, a, An amazing house, a safe place to live, and a, a, a great, amazing job. And, and, and all the things, you know, I'm talking about material things, but I wanted these things in my life. And, and I couldn't attain those things in my own power. It wasn't until I surrendered my life to Jesus and allowed the power of God to, to work in and through my life, that he began to bless my life. And now I have all these things. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a campus pastor. I have an amazing church of people that we love so much, that we feel so connected to. And it's only because of the power of God. And so, and so he gives you the power. What is something about your life that you don't like about yourself? Something that you're not giving God your best. Something that you, it's a constant hiccup in your life when you, when you act out that way or you have that attitude or, or, or you have this uh, inside jealousy or you have something inside of you that you just don't like. Do you know that you have the power of God to bring that under his authority and say, not today. Raise this part of my life to new life. God, give me the power to change this about myself. God, give me the power, the same spirit, to do the same works as your son, to change me and mold me and fashion me. Think about the, the story of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, and I think it's um, chapter 18. He goes down where? To the potter's house. And the Lord speaks to him. And he shows them, he says, go down to the potter's house. Look at the potter as he molds and fashions the clay and he, the, 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 the potter smashes it down, right? He just gives up and smash, starts over. And the Lord speaks to Jeremiah, just, he says, oh, Israel, just has, as that potter smashed that clay and started over, I can do the same thing in your life. You know what the best place to be is? <laughs> just a lump of clay in the potter's hands. It's by his power and by his spirit that we allow him to mold us and shape us and form us to any way that he sees fit. And he can do that. He can change us by his power. Let's read Acts 1 through 8. I'm sorry. Chapter 1, verse 8. He says, Jesus is speaking. He says, but you will receive power. There it is. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I'm going to stop there for a second. Yo, I'm pulling this from our encounter material too. That word power is a Greek word, if you study it, uh, is actually the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis is where we get our English word dynamite from. And so Jesus says, you will receive dunamis, power, explosive power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's important that I go, because when I go, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who's going to bring power in your life. It says, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's how we're going to accomplish the things of God is by the spirit and the power of God that he wants to give us. So hear me, stop trying to do things, fix, fix things, and even serve God in your own natural abilities. God wants to make us supernatural believers. 
supernatural believers serving a supernatural God with supernatural dunamis power by the person of the Holy Spirit to bring us from death, uh, destruction, depression, addiction, to raise us to new life, to soar like we never have. I got the book of Isaiah, to soar on wings like eagles, to soar. How good would it feel to soar through your life? (laughs) Just soaring, going from one spot of victory to one victory to the next victory by the power and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And see, he doesn't just want to make us better. Ian's not just better, but Ian is raised to life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at the last point. So how does God raise us to life? He raises us to life by our faith in Jesus. But he also raises us to life through the Holy Spirit that gives us a new nature, new eyes, new ears, and supernatural power. By supernatural power is how we are raised to new life. And all these things work together for our good. And not just our good, they work together for Abba Father's good. Because when I allow the Spirit of God, the Spirit from heaven, the, the heavens to lead and guide me here on earth, that means that heaven is literally brought to earth through my life. And so it doesn't just work together for my good and your good and our good and the church's good and the world's good. It works together together. For heaven's good. So we were once dead, but now we can be raised to new life. If you've been raised to new life, if you have a BC story, a before Christ story, I want you to go ahead and just give him some praise right now. I want you to begin to just worship him and thank him for where he's brought you. And I want you to to sit and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to magnify your life this morning. And we've talked about a lot of areas this morning. A new nature, new eyes, new ears. uh, The power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to look at your life and say, God, am I really, really allowing your spirit, the same spirit, to work through me to do the same works? God, am I resisting? God, have I been ignoring you? God, have I, been, have I been hiding this little area of my life, this, this little area that I think's hidden from you? You know, he still sees it. He still knows it's there. And I want you to begin to just start praying and say, God, today I'm starting fresh. Today I'm starting new. And I want you to begin to invite his spirit into your life right now. You can only be moved by his spirit unless you invite his spirit into your life. Because here's the thing. Holy Spirit's a person, and he is a gentleman of a person. He is not going to force himself on you. You got to go ahead and invite him and ask him in your life to give him permission to work in your life. And so I want you to go ahead and just invite him in and say, Holy Spirit, I surrender to your ways. I surrender to your love. I surrender to your guidance. Holy Spirit, speak truth to me. Speak truth to us right now. You know, and you might even begin to feel his pleasure, begin to feel his peace. to feel his love as you invite him in because you've been resisting him and just thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit to do work 
in and through us. If you're watching here this morning and talking about all this stuff and you may be sitting there thinking, you know what, I've never even asked Jesus into my life. I've never done the ABC gospel thing that you were talking about where I accept and believe and confess. And if that's you, I want to give you that moment, that opportunity to do that right now, wherever you're at. You've got to start somewhere, and you've got to start by accepting the Son, that same Spirit that led the Son, before you can have the Spirit, because you've got, to, you've got to accept Him first, and then the Holy Spirit can come in and begin to work in through your life. And so you're with me, watching with me, and that's you this morning. Or you know what? Let me stop for a second. Maybe you're here, and you've fallen away from God, and you need to just be, you need a, a restoration to take place this morning, and that's you. I want to, I'm going to lead us into a prayer here in a moment, too. This, this prayer is for you also. If you've never surrendered to, 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 to God, to Jesus in your life, or you have and you need, to, you need to be restored this morning, this prayer is for you. I want to lead us in a prayer here in a moment. I want everybody to repeat it after me. So, Heavenly Father, God, we love you. God, and we thank you. God, forgive me for my sins, my shortcomings, my selfishness, my pride. God, and now I accept your son, Jesus. God, it's him and who I believe that can set me free. God, and now I confess by faith that he is Lord over my life. Holy Spirit, we now invite you to lead me and guide me and speak truth to me all the days of my life. Amen.